Hello, 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 and welcome back, my beautiful friends from the internet, to another episode of the Reddit Asks Us podcast again. I am so happy and thankful to be back here with you all uh, on this beautiful, I guess it's going to be December the 27th. I um, I want to uh, hope everybody had an amazing uh, holiday, sort of, I don't know if everyone celebrates Christmas, because of course not everyone does, but... Uh, my family certainly celebrates Christmas, and um, to all those who did celebrate Christmas or any sort of winter solstice holiday, um, I hope that those holidays were enjoyable and you had fun. You got a chance to talk to family and connect with others and friends and uh, be able to share the holidays and have a have a good old dandy fancy time. And if you're still waiting yet to celebrate a holiday, then I wish you the best on that holiday. And... Uh, Hopefully we can usher in the new year, uh, this 2023, with a little bit of spice, you know, get the year started off right. All right, so before we head into the show, uh, this is the Reddit Asks Us podcast where we read and react to comments from r slash Reddit. I am your host, Luke Dick. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, remember to uh, like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, if you're watching on, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts, Make sure to leave us a rating, and also please, please, please leave us that juicy, juicy review. Um, if you uh, want to reply to a given episode or given comment or have your comment read out on the show, comment whatever you want to say under the most recent episode, and I will read that comment out on the next following week's episode. So, why don't we just hop into last week's episode? So, last week's episode was... What is the most deranged thing you have ever seen someone do? And our boy Vortex says, I once saw my dad do a really long fart into a perfume bottle and he sprayed my sister with it. Yeah, that is, uh, I would definitely say that is on the level of being deranged. That sounds like a something from Family Guy. That sounds like something that Peter would do to Meg. Like, hey, Meg, I need you to... I need you to let me know what you think of this perfume. I'm thinking about giving it giving it to your mother as a gift. And sprays it in her face. That's very disgusting. I'm glad, Vortex, that you were not on the receiving end of that. Because that would have been very gross. All right. So that was all the comments that we had from last week. Why don't we just hop into today's episode. This one comes from Ask Reddit. What is the most desperate thing you've ever done for money? Now, this one kind of sort of piqued my interest in the sense that I feel like I'm pretty, I'm well, not pretty lucky. I'm extremely lucky in that I don't really think I've actually had to do a whole lot of desperate things for money. Uh, I feel like the most desperate thing I've ever had to do for money and like my own, to make up money in my own sort of sense. Like I've always had a job throughout high school. I've always been able to be fortunate enough to have a job and, you know, I've never been homeless or anything like that. But I don't know. I feel like I collected bottles and stuff from random places in order to get money. And you see bottles and stuff, you pick them up, and then you go take them to Sarkan and get money for them. Sarkan is just like a place where you bring back recycled bottles and they give you money. Um, so not entirely that desperate of a thing to do for money. But uh, the world that we live in definitely uh, requires money in order to sustain yourself and live in it. And some of the things that people have had to endure in order to uh, make up some money is extremely uh, interesting and also 
very commendable in some aspects because I don't really think I'd be able to do some of this stuff uh, at all. <laughs> okay, so why don't we just hop right into it? So the first comment comes from Rumpelshite. I participated in some market research for a new beer. Sounded great at the time. I get paid to drink beer. Anyway, it was a bunch of different beers in small plastic cups, all of which started out tasting like the strainings of the devil's underpants and progressively got worse. They kept bringing out more uh, until one guy cracked, swiped all his beers off the table, and stormed out yelling, I wouldn't even give this shit to my dog. I don't know if it was market research or some bizarre psychological experiment. Yeah. It was definitely uh, seeing how much uh, something that could taste like poison you could fit into a beer without people realizing it. This is a CIA operative test here. You guys were you guys were test dummies to see to see how terrible something could taste before somebody would notice it was off and be like, mm, "This tastes pretty pretty disgusting," and I think that this somebody poisoned this. Um, shush, I'm at work. Uh, replies and says, probably a test of how shitty and cheap can we make this beer before people notice? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, we, we, we're really lowballing, you know? We're, we really want to go for the lowest sort of common... We're aiming for the lowest common denominator. So the fact that um, Rumpelshite, the fact that you weren't the first person to leave uh, lets you know that you can endure some pretty shitty beer and... Uh, Potentially, that means that there are people out there who will still buy it. So, yeah, how 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 terribly watered down can we make this beer, you know, and yet still have it be marketable? Rusty Shackleford replies and says, "How much sawdust can we put in a Rice Krispie treat?" Pretty much, pretty much. Um, so uh, we got a reply from I three three seven Haxer. How many did you get in before you swiped them off the table and screamed that you wouldn't serve it to your dog? Rumpelshite replied and said, After the first few steps, I start, sips, I started pretending to drink them. Ooh. There was about six beers per round in tiny disposable cups, kind of like what hospitals give you uh, to put your pills in. It was about f round four when one of the participants spat his out, swiped them off the table, and grabbed the table like he was going to flip it. The funny thing was half the people there looked like the type of Australians. Oh, these people are Australian like you, Vortex. So might be could relate to something like this. Um, the funny thing was half the people there looked like the type of Australians that would still drink a warm beer in the middle of summer if it was for free. We all got paid $150 in cash for it. It took about an hour all up. I found it hilarious because everyone was so excited at the beginning, and by the end, it was just the polar opposite. Everyone just snatched their cash from the facilitator, stomped out and angrily sweared about how fucking awful the beer was all the way down the building and down the street. Well, I, I'm actually curious to know what exactly they were studying because it doesn't seem like they're trying to get you to try these the most craftest of beers, if you know what I mean. This sounds like they're, they're, they're being, they're, they're testing something else here. This is some sort of a, a, a blind experiment for you. You definitely did not know the real meaning of this experiment. Of, of this experiment, it was like how much, how much alcohol can we say that we're going to give to people before people start to realize that this isn't even alcohol, and how much will people do to, to withstand, 
you know, terrible alcohol in the sense that they want to get drunk off of it. But six beers per round and you were in round four. I'm, I guess the beers, if they're in, because when you say six beers, it makes it sound like it was like a pint or something. It's like you guys got 24 beers by the end of it or whatever. That would have been, you guys would have been hammered. <laughs> Holy shit. How drunk can we get them to make them drink the worst beer in the world and have them not notice how terrible it is? All right, next one comes from Glorious Cheese. Uh, I participated in a food study where I couldn't eat for a day before, arrived at the lab crazy early in the morning, had a tube down, put down my throat, lay there for six hours as they pumped liquids in and out of my stomach. <sighs> After the first two hours, I begged them to at least turn on the TV, but they would only le only let me watch PBS, so I couldn't accidentally see commercials about food. It wasn't fun, but the pay was decent, and they served me a steak dinner afterwards. Oh my god. Is a steak dinner worth having a tube shoved down your throat and liquids poured in and out of your stomach? Like, what are you doing? Like, what is the purpose of that study? To see if somebody can hold off a gag reflex for six fucking hours like oh my god that sounds so freaking violent and then you're tuning into pbs where you where it literally is going to make you fall asleep except for the fact that you can't fall asleep because there's a tube being shoved down your throat so all you can listen to is the muddled bird scarf or the muddled the muddled scarf bird is a bird native to Quansla. It's like totally made up things. Excuse me. But yeah, that sounds pretty awful. Would you even be like hungry to eat a steak dinner at that point? Or you just throw it up. That's how they knew it. I want to know what you got paid. Oh no, wait. No, I want to yeah, I want to know what you got paid. Um Tenegomlet replies and says, I sold my body to a drug study for three weeks in nineteen ninety one. We took a dose of some antibiotic every day and had blood, dra blood drawn throughout the day, every day. Pay was $2,000, which was sweet for 1991. Being in the drug testing facility for three weeks was interesting. I, it must, it, they, I man, like, the fact that you real, use real people, like, I always wonder, like, were the people who were, the people who were testing the COVID vaccines, like, I'm, I'm, like, how much time did, because those vaccines were pumped out quick, and, like, for understandably, you know, for understandable reasons, right, like, there was a national, well, or an international worldwide pandemic going on, we had to get vaccines out, this is the only way that you can do it, so, there had to be processes that were going to be fast-tracked, but, I'm curious, like, I... I don't know, like, if you got the opportunity to sign up for one of those early COVID vaccines, like, I just don't know, like, if I would, if I could have done something like that, like, because a lot of people would have been like, yo, I'm so hyped I could get to get the vaccine, potentially, like, one of my, uh, I think my, one of my psych professors uh, would participated in one of those COVID trials and got one of the vaccines very early, but I'm like, I just don't know if I'd, if I have the confidence to be able to do that. Like, what if I start internally bleeding? Like, <laughs> you don't know. It's like testing any other drug, right? Like, what if the, what if it was testing, like, you know, the, they, they test all sorts of things, like Oxycontin and stuff. What if you just, it starts making you, like, feel woozy, and then you're like, holy crap, yo, doc, 
you got to give me another one of these. It's like the COVID vaccine is like secretly super addictive, gets you just like super messed up. Like, yo, doc, this COVID vaccine, shit, people are going to love this. <laughs> um, all right, next one comes from, or it's a reply from Mathematically Correct. I participate in clinical studies, just ones that let me go home, LOL. Just finished my second one. Kind of weird to get laid. Wait, wait. Kind of weird to get laid for free health info uh, and to make and to take st- or paid. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm like, what? What clinical study? <laughs> what clinical study pays you to get laid? Um, kind of weird to get paid for free health information and to take stuff uh, that can potentially help, help or harm me, but overall have had a positive experience and hopefully this leads to helping more people. Yeah, and that's respect, right? Like you do have to respect the people who do participate in the studies because they you're taking a risk like it's absolutely a risk it's not widely proven what the outcome is going to be so you're 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 taking the you're you're taking the blow before everybody else else gets the opportunity to and who knows why it could go bad like i guarantee during those clinical trials because like everybody has different reactions to vaccines maybe you had a fine reaction to most vaccines in your life or you don't even remember your reaction and then you take this vaccine and you, and you ended up, you know, getting really sick or getting the Bell's palsy stuff. Like, who knows? I mean, that's a temporary condition, but still, like, as if you would have known that beforehand, right? And, like, that data for the scientists to collect is, like, really important, you know, information. But, uh, yeah, kind of weird to get laid for free health info. Okay, now, uh, if you have sex here with one of our uh, doctor assistants, um, then we will collect your health information. And you will give that to us. So that's your, you know, that's your payment. Uh, but we'll pay you beforehand. It's like, what? Can't I just do this for money and just give you my health information after you pay me? No, sorry, we actually only, uh, this particular facility, um, this testing facility, we only, we only, uh, we only do the sex thing. So, you know, you, yeah, yeah, you will, we'll, we'll have someone have sex with you and then, uh, put you on your way after you give your health information. Yeah, I don't know. Something about this seems really illegal. I don't really think that this is a practice that should be, you know, illegal. I mean, I mean, that should be legal. This is, seems like very shady. No, no, it's definitely not shady. Um, no, it's 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 perfectly fine. Yeah, I won't say legal, but it's perfectly fine. Um, and we will have to remind you that if you do tell anybody about this, we will kill your family. So, you know, just, just, just participate and then just, you know, don't ask any questions and kind of just move along. You know, that's kind of how it works here. And you've already roped yourself in, right? There's no, have you noticed that, uh, we're standing on uh, two sides of a double-sided mirror and, um, opposite sides that is and you're in a very small room with no door handles. So if you want to get out of this room, you will. Uh, you know, have to have to do what we say. So uh, and abide by all of our uh, requests. So thank you very much, and uh, thanks for participating. Um, next one comes from Brock Lee. Once, uh, when unemployed, I bought a bunch of king size candy at Costco and went door to door selling it and uh, saying saying it was a, for a fundraiser for a church youth group. Made a profit and was able to pay that rent for a month. Oh. This is very morally problematic oh, in many ways. 
why did you have to say it was for a church? Like, couldn't you just say it was for, like, a baseball team or something? Like, a sports team or that you're, like, you know, even if you were a little bit older or something, you could have said, oh, I'm coaching a little league team and we're raising money and and I'm one of the coaches and we're selling these chocolate bars. Like, if you're selling chocolate bars door to door, most people are going to assume that whatever thing you're with is legitimate, all right? Like, it's not, it's, it's not, like people are going to be like sus that you are selling chocolate bars well, uh, <laughs> for the most part when people are selling chocolate and that that costco chocolate it tends to be that it, they're working for some or there it's like some sort of sport related like why does it have to be for a church youth group dog oh that is that seems why i guess it's the i guess it's one of the safest options right like it's it's got to be one of the safest options but there are other options out there Okay, <laughs> it's like probably the least religious thing I could think of somebody doing going in and pretending to be part of a church church youth group to sell chocolates and just literally make a, a profit off of it. Um, reply from Jolly Raz. My husband's grandma used to go to Sam's Club and buy uh, candy in bulk, which she would then sell it to the neighbors. They were in the inner city and it, w it was a food dis what food desert she also sold drugs oh <laughs> she also sold drugs all right um so if you would like this chocolate bar um it's gonna be two dollars and then um i can also give you the the special bundle for twenty dollars where i also throw in a bag of crack so it's a pretty great deal um you know you get this really really delicious chocolate bar that you get to eat right after you smoked a little bit of this crack you know we also have other options too if you'd like heroin that's another option that we have i do have some pills on me so but the main thing here is chocolate right so so uh if you if you would like to buy some chocolate maybe bundle it up with some crack um then thank you for supporting the cause um Next one here comes from Puzzlehead Big 3319. I used to pose naked for art classes while I was an undergrad. Pay was pretty good, about five times minimum wage. One grad student who was a good artist but kind of odd asked me if I would do a private session for a few hours. I agreed as I was desperate for money. I figured that I had just been hired for sex. I was a bit conflicted but then figured why not? I showed up cleaned and prepped and dressed to look good, and it turned out that the artist really did want me to pose. During the whole thing, they were very polite, um, but very specific on poses, and it was actually a bit challenging. They were so intense. While not particularly good-looking, the talent and effort was kind of a turn-on. Um, by the end, I was half hoping it would turn into sex, and they would keep telling me how to pose, what to do, etc. We went over the time, but the artist was nice and grateful and paid extra. So I guess that I learned I would be willing to have sex for money in some situations. Oh, geez, I thought. I wonder where you where you you know find this sort of thing, right? You know, asking for a friend, right? So not. Not personally. One of my friends, I think, we were talking about this just before we recorded the podcast. Totally coincidentally, has nothing to do with this comment at all or anything like that. But, you know, I just wonder where you'd find something 
like that's so weird right like you know i'm just sometimes you start a little bit for money you know and just, i love art right just a big art guy big into art i love i love all the, the art right so i just want to participate in all the cool art like i just want to be like this artist so cool there's something so cool about this art it's just really cool you know so if anyone knows where to find this stuff you know just for a fellow art enjoyer just give me a text let me know send an email comment on under reddit asks us and i'll delete your comment after but i will definitely pay attention to the comment um arachnophilia isn't that like fear spiders or something replies and says as a former art major this is my fantasy the money having part i mean Puzzlehead Big 3319 replies and says, yes, got the art degree, but also a minor that ended up being my career and later a master's in my field, not art. Spent a lot of time with science PhDs and when they start introducing the and chest thumping with titles and such, I just say I have an art degree. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Hasman replies and says, as a professional artist, your story made me giggle. The intensity you described is spot on. I know a lot of artists like that in my education and, and career. Totally dedicated to the point of being utterly oblivious to every, everything else. It is quite possible they were so absorbed in their needs and work, they might not have even considered the sexual connotations of their request. Yeah, fair enough. Because I guess most people would probably be like, well, if you want me to do a private session, you're paying me a lot of money. and I'm going to be in a private area. I'm assuming that that experience might not necessarily be the most uh, pure experience. I think I might have to, you know, do a couple things, you know, a couple soliciting, a little bit of soliciting, a little bit of, you know, some actions, some things that I might not be proud of after I'm finished, but will nonetheless pay my rent. But... Uh, this person seems like they were actually genuine in the request for the art. So that seems like that seems good. But yeah, I feel like if you, if you have normal social skills, you definitely would be a little bit concerned uh, or a little bit suspicious of the request for a private session and a significant amount of more money. Also, where are these intense artists getting all this money from? Like, that's what makes it even more suspicious. It's like, hmm, you're offering even me even more money to do a private session with you. Where do you have this money? You know? Because it would be, it would assume more to me that that you would be involved in some sort of like, you know, sexually deviant sort of thing, that would allow you to get the money to do this instead of the money actually coming from your art. Because let's be real, it's very difficult to make money as an artist. It's not, it, that's not an easy thing. So, you are very right in assuming that that you might have been strapped in for something else there, uh, uh, puzzle head. But anyways, moving on. Alvarin, user Alvarin says, many years ago when I was a child and my mother and I were facing homelessness, we'd spend nights at various places like laundromats or hospitals. One night when we were really hungry, she had me dive into the wishing well <laughs> to collect quarters to use for the vending machine. It's one of those surreal memories that stuck with me. Edit. Dang, thanks for all the kind words, everyone. I am thankfully and fortunately in a much better place now. My mother, bless her heart, passed away a few years after the event in question. We had a complicated relationship because of how young I was, but I don't hold anything against her as an adult. Life just deals people a rough hand sometimes. I certainly don't know what I would have done better if I were in her shoes. Well, you know the good thing about being a kid, you know, 
is that if you want to steal something from the vending machine, those tiny little arms, you know, are really good for fitting through the little nooks and crannies of vending machines. So potentially you could have just stole the things out of the vending machine, you know, to just to begin with. But that definitely sounds like a memory that one would not forget. Just taking a little splash, taking a little dive in the pool. But I'm glad that you're that you're uh, doing much better at this point because that obviously um, doesn't really sound like the fondest memory, you know, because as a kid, like if you were getting in trouble for doing something like that, you wouldn't necessarily know why, right? Because it's just something that you are doing and your parent, your mom is kind of like your parent or whatever. Your guardian is kind of like condoning it and telling you to do it. So if you got in trouble, it's not necessarily you'd even know why. Um, we got a reply from Librarian C. I have lots of memories of dumpster diving for presents during the holiday season. At work recently, in an effort to make remote work more bearable, my team asked me a question about what is a holiday memory that is most distinct in your mind. So many people had these wonderful memories of playing in the snow or cooking something with their family or going on vacation to this place or that place. So many people had these descriptions of middle-class life because I'm in a white-collar profession that is dominated almost exclusively by middle-class white women. I didn't feel comfortable sharing my experience of digging through dumpsters for toys, for my siblings, my parents as a, uh, for for my siblings, my parents as a holiday memory. I couldn't share that. Uh, I couldn't share that the most remarkable thing that comes to my mind when I think of ho- the holidays is when my family procured a Costco-sized package of breath mints, and we ate those nonstop for four weeks until I got an, an unbearable stomach ache. And what I remember the most about that is I can't eat breath mints anymore because the smell of them makes me sick. But that is not the type of memory one can share with their coworkers. If they, if the middle class white women and expect to walk out uh, of that transaction the same person, so I don't share that part of me with people that I spend a good amount of my day with. It's all a long winded way of saying thank you for sharing this part uh, of we with strangers on the internet. It feels so good not to be alone. I hope you know that you are not alone also. Well, that's very wholesome, isn't it, folks? Because, yes, people do go through these, like, um, <clears throat> so, uh, like, the next, let me just read the next reply, because I think the next reply really actually does quite um, accurately sort of describe what uh, the importance of, of, you know, if you come from a privileged, privileged sort of area, to not make assumptions about what other people's lives are like. So Glitter Peach says... I feel you. Grew up in an area that was all middle upper class families. Mine, on the other hand, struggled for years financially and mentally, mostly while I was in elementary school. I learned from a young age to not talk about the holidays because while other kids went skiing on vacation, opened the newest toys on Christmas morning, my mom was having a manic depressive episodes and we were struggling to buy, uh, struggling enough to buy groceries. I used to secretly flip through the Toys R Us mailed catalog and circle the things pretending my life was so different. It really helped that my best friends knew my secrets uh, and ended up marrying an incredibly emotionally mature man who went through s- something similar. You aren't alone. Yeah, that see exactly right like you it's important that that we are very cognizant of other people's lived experiences and other people's life like a question that seems harmful on a like on a work call or harmless on a work call like that 
can actually be quite impactful to some people and their their life experiences because you know of course not everyone has the same the same level of financial stability growing up and it's important to be very sympathetic to those who to who have uh, not necessarily had the same experience right uh, it's and kids are kids are kids are ignorant on purpose right like kids kids don't know any better right so it's important that when you're a kid you know you 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 or when you're when you, if you have a kid or something like that that you're very aware and you make sure that your that your kids know that you know to not not really talk about that sort of stuff because although you might be sharing all the new things that you got there might be kids in your class who didn't even really get a chance to celebrate christmas so um yeah but it's really I'm really glad to hear that everyone is doing much better now because of course being in an emotionally stable relationship is a much better thing than uh to not be in emotion, an emotionally restable relationship. So I'm glad to hear everyone's doing better. All right, so next one comes from Barbarella Ella. Participated in a sleep study where they had us wired up to electrodes to monitor our responses at periodic intervals across three days without sleep. It was brutal. I learned I cannot go without sleep for two days in a row. Oh, that makes me think of like the creepy pasta videos where the they whatever that's called there's there's one where they don't sleep like look up creepypasta on uh don't sleep experiment or something like that it's so oh creepypastas are awesome because they're like so engaging and like creeps mcpasta gun a guy is like so he's been consistent on youtube and his videos are awesome and the stories are so interesting but holy hell are some of them just so creepy and I don't think I'd ever be able to do like a sleep experiment without thinking that all my skin's going to rot off or something like that. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, Surubhatna says, you got me. I'm curious. What happens after the two day mark? What kind of symptoms did you have? And then I can't even say this username, but replies and says, I can't speak for OP. But when I went four days without sleep, Really bad anxiety, normally a very heavy weed smoker, but I was in a foreign country, so it wasn't really an option. I got insanely hungry and felt off. I can't quite describe it, but with everything just but everything just feels wrong. I also started having hallucinations this after the second day, mostly just seeing shadows move out of the corner of my eye or lights flickering. Some auditory hallucinations like people walking around when no one's there. Pretty scary and I would not recommend. At least I got paid, lol. Being in a foreign country too, oh my god, that would scare the shit out of me. Like, people like maybe speaking in a language that you don't know, like you think they're talking about you or something. Oh, yeah, like, um, here we go. So let's, Barbarella did reply and talk about their experience, so why don't we read this. I made it through the first night without sleep, okay, but the second night was so hard. Because we had to make through the, the make it through the whole day without the opportunity to leave the dorm, which was a big room with tables and games and books and things, and we were each assigned in a bedroom, which was like torture because you are not allowed to sleep. Periodically, we would go to our rooms, connect our monitoring devices, then we would get questions over a headset and would have to press bus and buttons to indicate our responses. I just got slower and slower at each interval because they would pause their questions and you had to wait to provide your answers. I started losing the ability to respond like I could hear them talking, but I could not get my body to take action. I think it's called dissociation. I made it to maybe 5 a.m. and I knew I was not going to make it through the testing through the next testing time. So I took my money about twelve hundred dollars and left. Twelve hundred dollars is a 
decent sum of money there. Twelve hundred dollars is 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 quite a good amount of money to go two days without sleep. You know, but holy crap, yeah. Like I've I've gone along periods of time without sleep, just like even just a day or so, just to like see what it's like, see what how I feel. Oh my goodness! Sometimes it is like it is the dissociation thing is real. Like you feel like your body's like functioning without your brain. Like you feel like your your consciousness is taking place elsewhere. You know, um, sleep though. Actually, this is this is something interesting I learned about sleep. But the uh, it's not exactly clear how sleep evolutionarily evolved because not or not all organic life requires sleep to function. Like there are a lot of even fundamental cells that don't have a sort of recovery period. They're always and like the thing is with sleep, too, is that your brain just doesn't, doesn't just turn off when you sleep. Like your brain is performing functions like restorative and regenerative sorts of functions, but it's still functioning. Like your brain just doesn't just shut off. And a lot of the processes that take place when you're asleep happen when you're awake as well. So it doesn't like the, the research around sleep is so fascinating because they don't actually really know, or science doesn't actually know as of right now, why sleep is something that evolutionarily evolved and what like what its actual original sorts of purposes, purposes and functions were because a lot of the functions that happen when you're asleep also take place when you're awake as well. It's not like it's a evolutionarily required sort of thing. It just kind of happens, you know? And it's just it's just fascinating. It's like, whoa, like, because when you look closer at something that you do so often, it's like, yeah, well, what is sleep? I just like close my eyes and just just sit there, you know, like, and just my, my consciousness sorts of sort of fades away. And then I kind of just come back into it whenever, you know, just whenever, like after a certain amount of time, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing. But anyways, okay. I think, uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up or maybe I'll just read one more comment. So, uh, rock pebble, man, those dumb surveys wasn't worth the time I wasted and only got 10 bucks total before I gave up. Um, Reply from Gary4321. As a kid, I did that. They paid us in these dumb token things that were worth pennies. Had a couple hundred, but it wasn't worth anything. Yeah, that was Bitcoin. I got rid of that computer and never found the old emails again. I would be a millionaire right now. Yes, yeah, so uh, that may, that definitely seems, that's a def, definitely a little bit of a bummer. Definitely a little bit of a bummer. But don't beat yourself up because as if anyone knew that bitcoin or cryptocurrency was going to be what it was uh but that is a very classic story there's like guys who have like like a hard drive they threw away with like a thousand bitcoin on it or something that and that's like it's actually like good for the bitcoin market in some sense because it doesn't oversaturate the market about with a bunch of bitcoin because if you were to flood the market with a bunch of bitcoin randomly after it's gained so much money it would it would decrease the value of, of bitcoin as entirely because you're increasing the supply but anyways um that is very unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that that you didn't manage to uh, foresee the 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 rise of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. But in your defense, I don't think anybody else would either. I would definitely have been in the exact same position as you. But anyways, let's wrap it up there for today. So I want to thank each and every single one of you. I'm hoping you are all enjoying your winter solstice break, uh, or even if you're not having a break right now, just the break that. Uh, you know, you, I'm sure most people in the in sort of Western countries got the 25th off. So I'm hope hopefully you enjoyed that day, and uh, I just want to wish each and every single one of you just uh, 
a very enjoyable winter time here. I know it's can be this can be a difficult time of the year for a lot of people, but um, this the Reddit Ask Us podcast is here for you. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember, uh, this is the show where we read, where we read and react to posts from r slash Ask Reddit. I am your host, Luke Dick. And if you're watching on YouTube, remember to like, remember to comment, and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else you get your podcasts, make sure to leave us a rating and also please leave us a review. Uh, if you want your comment to be read out loud on the Reddit Asks Us podcast, then you go comment that at Reddit on my YouTube channel on the most recent video at uh, Reddit Asks Us, and I will read that comment out live on the next episode. So thank you all for tuning in. I love each and every single one of you, and I will see y'all next week. Peace out.